Drew and Jonathan Scott here to tell you that American Family Insurance wants to protect your dreams. So whether you're at home singing in the shower, every note, or prefer singing your heart out in the car like Drew, cruising, you can save up to 23% when you bundle your home and auto insurance with American Family Insurance. Get a quote or find an agent at amfam.com. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. If you're looking for fake news, change the channel right now. Don't waste your time because you're not going to find any fake news on this network. Uh-uh. No way. There's enough of that in what is called, or so-called, the mainstream media. There's like our, uh, as I like to call them, the, the liars from hell. Fake news. Now, this is just a money grab. That's all they do. They create, you know, they have to report sensationalism to get the listeners and the viewers and the readers. And once they get that, they get the advertising bucks, and it's a vicious circle. You know, just tell the truth. It's a lot easier, and you get more accomplished that way. Exonation, my guest uh, this hour is a young lady. Her name is Shanae Edwards, and uh, Shanae is going to be talking to us about bullying. Now, church bullies are common in many churches. They wreak havoc and create dissension. They typically must have an enemy in the church because they aren't happy unless they are fighting a battle. They tend to maneuver to get an official leadership position in a church, such as chairman of the elders or deacons or treasurer. Church bullies have always been around. I remember when I was going to church, there were always church bullies, and I hate to say it, but my mother was one of them. But they seem to be doing their work more furiously now, today, than in the recent history. So why is it, in this modern age, that they continue to grow? That's an excellent question. Well, my guest this hour is Shanae Edwards. Uh, She's going to use her background to elaborate the unfortunate topic of bullying and how it can cause serious consequences. Her upcoming book, The The Mini-Series of Me, will be available April the 18th. And to give an insight on how to unlock your full potential and not collapse under fear. Joining me now is Shanae Edwards. And Shanae, welcome to the X-Zone. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Um, I understand that you're a minister? Yes, I am. I've been ordained now for two years. Good for you. Congratulations. Thank Uh, you. You know, I hate to say it, but I, I tell the truth. And my mother was one of these bullies. You know, she always had something to complain about. She always had to try and outdo somebody. And when I was a young kid going to church, it was like, Mom, why are you doing this, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. aren't we supposed to be Christians? Aren't we supposed to love each other? Like, you're going against what what we're supposed to be doing, Mom. And it wasn't until I was older I I understood the, the power struggle and the need for some people to be bullies. Mm -hmm. So 
In your opinion, what does bullying consist of? Or what constitutes bullying? I truly honestly believe, um, this is from my own personal experience, that bullying, especially in church, I think is more, well, not even just in church, and the whole, as a whole, is more like a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to take, you know, have control over someone else by intimidating them, yeah. using things against them, using their past against them, um, you know, using their status, you know, hey, I'm... I'm um, pastor such and such, so you have to listen to me. Um, and sometimes it's another way to get their way. Because I've, I've, you know, even when people say, well, God told me this and showed me this, so you have to do it. And, you know, and sometimes you don't run, a, a lot of times people don't want to rebuttal, you know, if somebody said, hey, God said, <laughs> you know, like, well, I don't know if God told them or not. So, you know, I'll go ahead and do, you know, what, um, you know, what they tell me to do. And sometimes at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's something that they're struggling with. So they feel they can belittle someone or, you know, play more of a bigger role than what they are, they already are, then, um, you know, that makes them feel good inside. It because was... maybe they see something in somebody else, like, you know, well, mm-hmm. this person's coming up, they may surpass me, so if I can keep them, you know, lower than me, then, you know, I can still stay in this position and feel good about myself, because at the end of the day, I really don't feel good about myself. From my experience, Shanae, people who are bullies are very insecure. Yes, very insecure. Shanae, uh, and even, I'm sorry, what were you going to say to her? I said, even in, you know, even in church, that's mm-hmm. why I said it's, it's a whole lot of that going on, especially within, you know, behind the four walls of the church. Shanae, uh, Shanae, you and I have to take a break. Please stand by. Exonation. Shanae Edwards is our special guest, and her website is www.shanaeedwards.com. And I'm going to spell that for you. S-H-E-N-E-E-E-D. W A R D S dot com. And Shanae and I will be back on the other side of this short break as we continue here in the X Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, X Zone Nation, uh, Shanae's book, the mini series of me, will be available on April the 18th. And we'll both be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. You won't want to miss what Shanae and I are going to be talking about next. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today, Know the Name, Know the Person, or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere, Florida. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, 
or enjoy the more traditional cuisine such as hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a Southern Flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining rooms can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you visit, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic downtown Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, Old Florida cuisine at its best. If you're a seeker, don't miss the inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening, Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sander Cochran's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers throughout the Americas. Sandy's initiations across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt, combined with her knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth, influence her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private readings, Sacred International Journeys, a meditative CD, and her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate your earthwalk and create a deeper connection to yourself. Find this and more at her website, starwalkervisions.com. Welcome back. Uh, Shanae Edwards is our special guest. Shanae has a new book coming out on April the 18th entitled The Mini-Series of Me. And Shanae, where will your book be available? Um, it will be available right now um, when it comes out on, on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble. Super. And you can also actually go straight to me and get the book and I'll just mail it to you signed. That is that is Super. Let me ask you, um, what are the easiest ways to confront the issue of bullying head-on? Is there a way that we can do it? Um, no, I'm, I'm speaking through my own experience okay. of what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to actually confront the actual bully. Um, you know, take and pull them aside and walk, talk to them face-to-face and come to find out the person that I was dealing with actually had a lot of issues in their home that they were dealing with. And when, they, you know, when we came you know, to church and everything, that they were acting out on me. Because, you know, during that time, I was really, you know, trying to live my life for the Lord and focus on things. But, you know, I think they saw, you know, that other side of me, and they were trying to do the same thing. But they didn't want me, like I said, surpass them. Coming to find out Mm -hmm. they were doing a whole lot of things at home. And I think confronting the person that, you know, may be who the bully is, is always something deeper than, you know, than what they're portraying as part of being themselves being a bully. What kind of bullying were you the subject of? How did the bullying Um, affect you? I was mainly, um, with this particular person, I was mainly belittled a lot. Like, um, during the time I was um, leading the choir Mm -hmm. in my church, and, you know, even every time I did a solo or, um, you know, if I played the piano, as soon as service was over, I could bet they would come up to me and say, oh, you, you messed that note up. You were flat. Or, you know, you need to do a little bit more practice. And I was just like, what in the world? You know, I, I, I was trying to, you know, really figure out why is this person attacking me sure. every single Sunday or if I did Bible study or if I spoke in front of a cr- crowd. They critiqued every little thing. I said, well, you should have said this or the scripture you used should have been this. And I'm like, what in the world? is going on why is this person attacking me so much and like i said i finally got to the point where i was bold enough to confront them and like i said i I found out so much stuff that was really going on they actually broke down and told me so much stuff and apologized and everything so um that's mainly what i was doing i was being belittled a lot you know one would think that the least likely place for bullying to occur is in church like we hear about it in schools with the workplace Mm -hmm. at home but I'm sure a lot of people are shocked when you start telling them about the bullying that goes on in the church. I'm not sure it's more shock, um, because the more I do talk to people, mm-hmm. some of them are experiencing the same thing, or they're being honest and saying they've done, you know, done the bullying. Um, 
because I find a lot of people are more quiet about it. They don't want to talk. Who wants to say that I, I've been bullied in church? True. So I think the more when you actually, you know, bring the, the topic up, people mm-hmm. will eventually speak up more about it because it's not a, a subject. You, as soon as you go to church, yeah, I'm being bullied at church. No, that's not something everybody sits down to talk about. They, like you said, it's more in school or, yeah. you know, in your home. Nobody really says they're being bullied. In, um, and plus, I don't think people realize um, what being bullied in church really is. Um, and so they actually experience and they sit back and really think like, yes, I have been bullied. Like somebody has, is, you know, is attacking me or, you know, trying to put me down all the time, no matter what I do in church. And I notice there's a lot of that going on. Mainly, I don't know what it is about music and choirs and stuff. A lot of that goes on within, you know, different music departments and churches. I don't know why. Well, could ego have something to do with the with the bullying that happens with within music, the music industry, for example, and and, and choirs, because everybody yeah. wants to be the best, and if they can't be the best, they try to intimidate the person that is the best to get them out of the picture. Yeah, it's, it's something. Like I said, it, it, mm-hmm. you're definitely right. There's something within because, and the reason why I'm speaking from music because I've been in music so long. Um, even from a child, you know, I was playing the piano while my mother always had me, you know, singing in the, in the choir. Mm-hmm. I led solos and stuff. And that's where I always, you know, not too long ago, I was attacked by somebody just because I, I, I said something about, you know, a soprano. And she came at me. I don't know where she came from. She was all upset and told me, you know, I shouldn't be even on the choir anymore. And if I'm talking about it, I was like, I was just made a simple comment and she totally mm-hmm. got upset. And next thing I know, she you know, started telling other people that I, I had an issue, and it, it, it got really out of hand. And when I was in other um, ministries or other departments, and you know, within the church, I mean, you experience some of those things, but to me, is never as bad as, you know, the music department. You know, I've got to congratulate I, you on a lot of work that you're doing. And I'd like to you. share with our listeners that you're on the advisory board of Inspire the Firing, founded by Dennis Reed Jr., and he's best uh, known for writing Necessary, made popular by R&B singer Fantasia. And uh, I believe that Inspire the Fire um, became finalist on America's Got Talent and is still helping out the youth throughout the arts. Congratulations. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. I actually stumbled upon that um, through my magazine that I'm the editor-in-chief of. I um, interviewed him for, you know, interviewed him in the, which issue was it? The um, January issue, my winter issue. And he actually just came out and emailed me and asked could I be on the advisory board, and that was that was it. All right, I'm going to blow your horn here for a few seconds, okay? You don't mind? Get ready I to... I never mind. <laughs> get get <laughs> ready to mind. turn red. Uh, okay. Shanae Edwards is the editor-in-chief of Indie Mogul Magazine. She's the president of the DMV Christian Music Awards. She's a prominent expert on molestation, rape, homelessness, drinking, adultery, fornication, and even divorce. She is event planning and social media marketing analyst. She is an ordained minister of the gospel. And like I said earlier, and I've repeated it every segment so far, she is the author of the all-new, the mini-series of me that's coming out in April of 2017, and will be available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Wow! Congratulations. Thank you so much. You're helping people all over the place. That's my heart. I mean, I just can't help it. I, I get it. From, I guess I get it from my mother. My mother's the same way. She has oh, a gosh. soup kitchen and mm-hmm. food pantry, and <laughs> she's a um, Christian counselor. So I, I guess oh. I get passed down to me. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't feel like myself if I'm not helping somebody. Can I, can I ask you something? When does Shanae get time for Shanae? Um, I'm getting better. Um, I, I'm going to be transparent. I just had surgery, um, about a month ago. Hmm. And honestly, I think the surgery put me down. I had to rest. I had no choice. Um, so that took some time for me to really sit back and really think like, you know, now I'm spending more time with, with my, my, my children. Um, we just did mommy daughter day last weekend. Um, so I I think that experience, you know, I want to help so many people. And then I, that, that experience with the surgery I just had made me realize I need to work on, you know, spend some time for me too. And not just me, even my family. Um, cause you know, we doing so much, you know, they was missing that time with me too. Well, we um, wish you a speedy so recovery. When I do here. Ha- yeah, when I do have time, you know, like after, tomorrow I have, I'm supposed to speak at a conference, but when mm-hmm. I'm done, I'm going to go get my nails done <laughs> and, you know, I'm relax a little bit. Way to go. Way to go. Well, like I was saying, you know, we wish you a speedy recovery, a complete recovery, that is. 
Thank you. Is there a preconceived notion, Sinead, that everyone will be subject to bullying in some stage of their lives? I believe so. Um, I believe because it's always someone who has some type of, like you said, like you mentioned with the insecurity. Mm-hmm. It's somebody that you're going to be around is going to have that insecure feeling that either you're going to be, you know, doing things better, or like I said, they're having some other issues and they take it out on, um, you know, on on you. I don't even people that I've known that were bullies and like in high school yeah. with Facebook being so popular now, mm-hmm. um, you know, social media period. Like I, I'm, I'm actually good friends with somebody who bullied me, bullied me in high school. We're really good friends, and um, you know, and I come to find out. She was bullied, <laughs> so it was like, oh. I'm like, I didn't know. She said, yeah, I'm, I apologize. You know, when we finally talked, she said, I apologize for how I did you in high school and everything. And she said, you didn't know, you know, my cousins and her, she said, her, you know, her family members were bullying her. So when she came to school, that was her time to, you know, so I think it's, it, it, it becomes a cycle. So it, it turns around like everybody will end up, you know, experiencing some form of it. Is, is there anything that we can do to protect ourselves from bullying? Um, my mom always says ignoring, but, um, that's kind of hard to do, especially yeah. if you have a, um, you know, a very, I would say different type of personality than somebody who can ignore it. Um, or, a, or, I mean, as, or as good Christians say, you turn the other cheek. Yeah, turn the other <laughs> cheek, but that, even me, I'm, I, I love the Lord, but yep. sometimes <laughs> that well, other cheek makes well, it doesn't work. Well, even the Lord got really ticked off one day. Yeah, remember the got, yes, remember the uh, the story about what he did in the temple. Yes, yeah. we're all the tables up. Yeah, we're all human. <laughs> with tables and everything. He even called some of the um, Pharisees dogs and everything. I mean, oh goodness, he got upset. But um, but yeah, I think the main thing is, like I said, I would. I mean, I would not just confront it. I would talk to somebody about it. I think a lot of times, or write it down. I'm being bullied. You know, get those feelings out, so you won't. It'd be easier for you to react, and then just figure out what's really going on with the other person. I think a lot of times we don't communicate. You know, we you know with the person yeah. that's bullying us. Sometimes we don't understand what the catalyst is on the other side, and mm-hmm. when we get to know the person. And I think this is where common sense fits in when you get to know the other person and you open the communication dialogue because bullying is usually a one-sided dialogue. But -hmm. if you can get that dialogue going two ways, I I believe that we can um, dissolve the issue to the point where we can talk rationally and find out Mm -hmm. what the problem is. Exactly. Communication is the key. And like I said, with the Every experience I had, once I actually talked to the person, mm-hmm. it was always something more than, um, you know, what, what what was on the surface. It was another issue, underlying issue, dealing with the person. And that was their way of acting, acting it out by, you know, pressuring sure. or bully, bullying someone else. Are you finding there are less and less instances of bullying using the social media? Or is it still as popular, and I don't like to use that word, but is but is cyberbullying still as popular as it was even two, three years ago? I honestly believe it's more. I think really? a lot of wow. people use social media to bully people because um, it's a way of, even if they don't say the person's name, it's a way even like putting somebody out there mm-hmm. um, that they may not even know and just saying things about them, posting pictures. Um, I've seen people, you know, you know, tro- totally upset over what somebody posted. And sometimes it may not even be about, you know, the person they're thinking it or about, you know, themselves. It may be something that somebody said and they think that they're talking about them, but since they didn't communicate with the person, then they get all upset. Um, so social media, is, I think, is, honestly, in my opinion, it's getting worse. Because um, I've seen friendships break over, break up because they feel as though, you know, somebody's... Um, you know, messing with me on social, they're saying things, they're contacting me on my direct, you know, um, deep, what's it, direct message, um, you know, in my inbox, and it, it's, I think it's people, and people can hide behind social media more than, you know, doing it in person. It's making people who maybe not usually, maybe in person would be a bully, but they can hide behind, you know, even fake pro- profiles yeah. and bully somebody. These are strange so it days. Makes, it makes them not be as much as a, of a coward. That is very true. 
That is very true. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Sinead, please stand by. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a great pleasure talking to you and continued success in all of your wonderful venues and ventures. Thank you, sir. All right, Exo Nation. My guest this hour is Sinead Edwards, a lovely young lady doing a lot for society. You have to take your hat off to somebody like that. She is like we are here in the Exxon, my friends. She believes that, and this is my only in my interpretation from after speaking to her or speaking to her for the last 30 minutes or so, that she likes to be part of a solution, not part of the problem. And uh, we'll be back on the other side of this break as we talk to Shanae about her new book that is coming out April the 18th, the miniseries of me. I am Rob McConnell. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. 
A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Welcome back, everyone. Shanae Edwards is our special guest. www.shanaeedwards.com is her website. She has her new book coming out April the 18th. It'll be available on Amazon and on uh, Barnes & Noble. It's entitled The Miniseries of Me. Tell us about your book. Well, The Miniseries of Me is basically a collection of short stories that deal with um, a lot of difficult issues that people have um, and mostly... It's about me. Um, it's things that I've actually gone through or um, known people um, that have gone through certain things. The main things I've mm-hmm. talked about, um, child molestation, um, rape, divorce, adultery, um, alcoholism, being on drugs, homeless. Um, it's, it's so many things My in the goodness. book. And each story at the end has a, um, you know, a lesson to it. So what was your inspiration for writing the book? What what would you like readers to walk away with after reading your book, the miniseries of me? I would like them to walk away knowing that life happens. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you can forgive. You can forgive yourself. Um, and you can, you know, really find that, what, what God, that God really loves you within your heart, no matter what you do. No matter who you know, what you've done, or who you are, he still loves you. That's what I want people to walk away with after reading the book. Shanae, are you finding that more young people are coming to the church and that other people who have left are coming back? Lately, yes. I think more, I mean, even though there's still some things happening in the church, I think people are, with everything that's going on, mm-hmm. um, they're, you know, come, going back to church just to, you know, um, really come to themselves, and I think young people are because they're tired of so much stuff that's going on in the world as as well. But the thing is, it's finding the right church to go to um, that, you know, some people are having an issue with. It's one, I think once they find, you know, where they fit in the right church, then, you know, they, they can learn, they can grow, and, mm-hmm. you know, move forward. And, um, you know, they're still going to, everybody's still going to go through things, but at least you know, you know, I can, it's, you know, you have that, you have that peace and knowing that, you know, I can go to God, I can pray, I can meditate, I can read my Bible and things like that. I don't have to go through this, you know, all alone. How do you find the right church? What should somebody look for? Uh, I would imagine that it's that feeling you get when you walk through those doors and, and the congregation is there and you feel as you get that tingly feeling in you and you know that you have found your extended family. Would this be one of the true signs? Yes, because everybody's different. You're going to be drawn to different things. Um, like, for instance, my the reason why I'm at the church I at now, mm-hmm. honestly, um, is when I first walked in, it was all the love. Yeah. I mean, the greeters and you know, everybody. How are you? Like, like I've already been there three, three or four years already. They yeah. are it's the way they presented this. Also, within like six months, I joined. Yeah. Um, and also my daughter, my daughter was never really particularly cared for church, even though she's still young, but she loves the children's ministry. And matter of fact, the other day, last, yeah, this past Sunday, she told my husband and I, mommy, if y'all need to hurry up, well, I'm going to be late. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that, that, that excited me too, because other churches, she's like, oh, I don't want to go to church. We got to go to church. So that was another reason. So even if you're, if that's something you're looking for, a family church or, you know, a church where you can just, you know, some people like to just sit in the background and, Mm -hmm. you know, just get the word and leave. So I think everybody's different. When you find what you, what the need that you, that you desire then that's where you should where you should go. Because even the, some people may be in church for a while. I'm letting you know, feel okay. Well, my time is up. I need to go somewhere else. Um, that happens too. So it's, I think it's whatever your need is at that particular time, the church that can fulfill that and help you grow. 
um, you know, to tell be moved to the next level, that's where you should be. See, when when I was when I was a young boy, the church that we used to go to was mm-hmm. an old garrison church from the seventeen hundreds. You know, wow. I think it had its max was a hundred people, hundred and twenty five people. I was baptized mm-hmm. there, I was married there, my, my my mom and dad were married there. So there was a lot of tradition and a lot of um ties to the church and it was an old church with old virtues and old values you know that old time religion mm-hmm. and i find I, sure I i find a lot of the churches that that was that was in montreal where i used to live and i've been in ontario now 20 30 years and i'm still okay. i'm still searching for that that church with the old time feeling with those values and virtues but i've always i've always kept my my christianity very close to my heart so i know whether i'm at home whether i'm in the office whether i'm out in the drive with my wife you know i carry my church with me mm-hmm. cuz at the end of the day it's still about your relationship with god exactly and i'm cuz even like like you like you were saying, is you taking that church with you because we are the church, yeah. and because the Bible that we, you know that we read says we are the church, so we're going to have that feeling of you know wanting wanting a more you know desire to be with God. Like if you're just sitting in your living, like sometimes I'm by myself and I'll just close my eyes and you know I have a tear fall down just mm-hmm. thinking about all the stuff I've been through and how you know He's brought me out yeah. of it. Um, so it's 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 also building your relationship. I think some people. At the same time, they're looking for a place, but then they forget, like what you said, carrying that that in you still in your heart. Because at the end of the day, when church is over, what you're going to do with everything you you know you learned? Are you still going to you know study on your own? Mm-hmm. Are you going to um, you know listen to the you know the gospel on your own? Things like that, Christian music, worship music, you know, on your own. Because so, you still got to live after those two or three hours are over. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, how do you how do you find these televangelist television shows like Jimmy Swaggart, Ernest Angley, uh, Pop Off, uh, the old PTL Club? It, it, uh, the way I saw it, and and I would appreciate your opinion as being a member of of the clergy. I saw it as anything but real. Like in my opinion, they were not they were not doing what a church should do you know i understand that all churches you know everything takes money i understand that but they went overboard they prayed on the on the they prayed on the week to get their money you know what and I mean? that's where if Jesus was here right then and there. They, he, that's where he probably would have been turning over chairs yeah. and tables and stuff. Because you, you know, that's not that's not his heart, and that's not what we're, what we're out here for. Um, you know, we're all supposed to help the needy and mm-hmm. the weak. But if you're taken from them, yeah. and they're like even people like that, um, or anybody who's vulnerable, even if somebody's you know going through stuff and they just looking for you know that that relationship but they're looking for it in the wrong they're looking for it in the wrong thing mm-hmm. at the end of the day like i said the relationship needs to come through looking for a relationship with god not with the man or you know now nowadays you know the woman um and i think that's where even with those people who you know when they pray on them mm-hmm. they know that they know that they need to see an actual man you know doing these you know doing these miraculous things that sometimes even if it's staged it's just because the eye can be so deceiving if you're not looking past what's really going on and that that also comes with maturity and really knowing you know what you're looking at because even when i watch these shows sometimes i'll just sit and watch and i'll I'll, like if they're giving a good word i'll take from that but some of the other stuff i know what to block my heart and what know what to block my ears from listening to and what to block my eyes from listening to but somebody who's really searching and really down and out um, those things can really affect them because that that's what they want to see things like that. They want to see the big miracle or, you know, because that, that gives them hope. But it's a false type of hope. And that I think, and I really believe if Jesus was here right now, then half of them would be gone because it, it, that's not that's not his heart. It's, it's, it's to trick people and things like that. That's not what he came, you know, that's not what he was about or his ministry when he was here. 
Something that I do not understand, and I've been asking this to members of the clergy who I've had the pleasure of having on the show over the past 26 years, is why is it that every, you know, like Christmas time, I'm a Christmas, I'm, I'm a Chris-caholic. I think that's what they call it, Christmas-aholic. <laughs> I love Christmas, mm-hmm. you know? And and mm-hmm. I, I try to make every day of the year just like Christmas Day because I, I try to keep that way of treating people throughout my life, just not around Christmas time, but every other day because people are ne- still needy. They're still hungry. They they still need help throughout the rest of the year, right? And it seems yeah. that seems that as we get closer to Christmas, all these people dig deeper in their pockets. They go into their pantries and, and you know, they'll mm-hmm. smile and, you know, the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. How come we cannot maintain the Christmas spirit or the love spirit, whatever you want to call it, Sinead, through the rest of the year? Like, I'm sure you do, just talking with you, I can hear it in your voice. Um, you know, there are other people that I meet that I can see that they are true to their, their means, that they're true to themselves, they're true to their heart, and they're true to the other members of society. But that's that's the minority of people. And yet, the minority join the uh, I'm sorry, the majority of people join the minority of people and celebrate Christmas. And there's such a, such a miraculous change in them. Why can't we be all, like this all year round? I think part of it is, like you were saying earlier, tradition. It, it just becomes, you know, this is something that I, I do on Christmas and I don't have to worry about, you know, the rest of the year. I did, I did my deed. I, I did my, my quote-unquote good Samaritan deed for the year. Um, and unfortunately, Christmas time is usually around that time that people feel low. Because um, the reason I'm saying it because my um, my father used to say mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, well, well, I, I gave I gave for the month, or you know, he would say yeah. things like that. And I think that's how some people feel. You know, when Chris, well, I gave for the year. I'm good with God. Let's, you know, I continue the rest of my life and do what I want to do. Um, and unfortunately, it's just that's how just people are. And I think um, when they really realize, you know. Um, you know, that there's really not a, I mean, it's not saying it's not effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, because during that time it is a lot of needy people, but after Christmas and is over, those same people are, may still be needy. You may have just, you know, if you did gave them some soup for Christmas, sure. the next day what's going to happen? <laughs> They're not going to exactly. have any soup because you didn't go to the soup kitchen. So um, I think it's, it's more out of tradition. Mm-hmm. And like I said, and you feel good because you, you gave, but, you know, then the feeling is over. Um, and unfortunately, like you say, it's, it's not many people who have, you know, the heart maybe like you or me or, you know, somebody else. Like, you know, I see somebody, you know, the other day not too long ago, um, my husband, he went to Subway and got the guy on the corner, you know, some, uh, gave him a sub, wow. you know, bought him a sub, um, you know, just to give it to him. That, um, that it, but, you see, know, that, you, you, I think you just have to have a heart for that. No, I think it's a little bit more than that. I think you have to have God to do that. Yeah. You need to be... God's heart. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The heart of God. Because, you know, I, I keep on telling listeners this. Like they say, Rob, you talk about UFOs, you talk about ghost hauntings, things that go bump the night, this, that, and that thing. And then you talk about religion. Well, hello. Mm-hmm. It's all part of the same package. It's a mystery to some. And yet, mm-hmm. if you take the time to read the book, it's so simple. You know, in, in Genesis... My favorite, uh, my favorite chapter is, and God said, let us create man in our image, in our likeness. The key to it is right in those few words. Mm-hmm. And yet, people just doesn't click. You and I have to take our final break, my dear friend. Thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure talking to you. Exo Nation, Shanae Edwards is our special guest. Her website is shanaeedwards.com. The name of her book is The Miniseries of Me, and it'll be available April the 18th on Amazon.com, on Barnes & Noble, and I will bet you, and I'm not a psychic, it'll also be available on a lot more venues in the very near future. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone. This is the X-Zone Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. 
For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? I'm Dr. Kimberly McGeorge, and on The Secret to Everything, we will merge the practical with open investigation into all realms of the mysterious. We will talk to cutting-edge alternative health practitioners, those who inspire and motivate you in business and life, and of course, we will share stories of the paranormal, conspiracy, and cryptozoology. You will transform because of the frequency I carry, the frequencies my guests carry. Life may never be the same after you listen to this program. For the secret to everything is for you, the listener. For those who desire more in every area of their lives and believe that it can still be found. Listen and discover thesecrettoeverything.com. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Welcome back, everyone. Shanae Edwards is our special guest. The name of her book that is being released on April the 18th is... Do you have your pens and paper up? We can always listen to the refeed. I won't keep you in suspense. It's the memories, the mini-series of me. That's the mini-series of me. Um, can you share a couple of the stories in your book with us? Oh, great. Yeah, I, I sure would. Um, one of them, um, actually, I'll bring this one up. I've, I actually was talking about um, the relationship with me and my biological father, um, all the ups and downs we went through, um, you know, dealing with him being, not really being around in my life. 
Um, I actually put um, in the in the story. I actually put ex, um, excerpt from an email that he sent. And um, this particular story took me a while to get through. I didn't realize I still had a lot of um, unforgiveness in my heart towards him. And I actually, one of the nights that I was, you know, writing the story, I had to actually mm-hmm. call my mentor because um, I just started crying and oh. I just couldn't control myself. And you know, she told me to keep writing. The whole time you're doing this story, keep writing. That's the best part because it's also, you know, um, you emptying out, you know, all the feelings that you had, the negative feelings you had for him. So that's, it, that that particular story, I think, will affect a lot of people because a lot of people do have you know, have dealt with, you know, me not having their father in their lives or, you know, if they knew who he was, then him not really playing a, you know, a huge role in their life. Um, another story, I did it from a male's perspective about adultery. Um, you know, how a male, you know, felt about, you know, his wife cheating on him. You know, she was in a church and a Christian and everything, um, you know, and how he was, you know, looking towards her and how her life was and with her family, you know, and really looking to, you know, serve God. But when she, did, you know, committed this act, it kind of made him forget about everything. Like, he was like, if she, this is the person I love and she did this to me, you know, what kind of God would, you know, allow the you know me me to hurt like this when the woman that I put my all into you know turned around and you know had sex with someone else yeah um so I did it from a male's perspective so you know it's for men too I a lot of, I got a lot of people saying oh this boy is a woman I think no I have a couple things about men I have another story about a male and a female that are that were best friends you know just just friends he was always there for her and when she when he finally needed her the most um she bailed on him she fell in love and wouldn't bother have not really have nothing to do with him you know mainly with on her and her defense was she didn't want to you know do anything to um disrespect her relationship but at the same time he felt hurt because you know every time she was in trouble every time she needed him he was always there and so he ended up not speaking to her anymore um so i I talk about a lot of different things even as far as the um you know being raped that story came from me because i was raped um so i I use my experience you know in that story um, you know, from someone in my neighborhood I've known for a long time. And, you know, after, you know, being raped, it was like, okay, well, I tried to keep myself, you know, as a Christian, growing up in a Christian home, trying to keep myself, you know, wait until I got married and keep myself pure. And then this happened. So what was the point? I'm not a virgin anymore, so I might as well just, you know, go ahead and have sex anyway. So that, you know, I came from that perspective as well. So it's a lot of different um, topics, like I said, that I covered that, um I would not let a child, <laughs> you know, read, sure. but I think it's, it's a lot of healing in it um, because it's something that everybody can relate to. Everybody can relate, you know, people can relate to um, even with a divorce, mm-hmm. um, you know, alcoholism. I did, you know, I touch on, I touch on a lot of subjects um, and, and, and most of the stories are only six, six to seven pages. It's not too long, but I, I cover a lot in those six and seven pages for each story. Why is it when something goes wrong in someone's life? They say, God, why have you done this to me? Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why people blame God for their for their fallacies or for the situations that they've put themselves in. And that's something that I struggle with, too, because I did it. Um, I know when my divorce, when I had, you know, got the first thing I said was, I said, well, you know, I wanted this marriage to last forever. God, you know, what mm-hmm. happened? And to come to realize that was my fault. Like, I think a lot of times we don't want to put the blame on where the blame needs to be. The, the issue was that it was me and my husband had issues that we never dealt with before we got married. Mm-hmm. And the, the first thing we could do was blame God. Because sometimes people, a lot of times people don't, don't want to blame themselves. So who else can you can you think to blame then God? Because yeah. it's, not, it's not like you're going to really rebuttal and y'all gonna, you and God are going to go back and forth and all this stuff. So the first thing, hey, God did this, or God took my mother away, or, you know, I lost my house. God took my house away. Um, and then, no, you didn't pay your bills. <laughs> you know, you, you, <laughs> exactly. um, something happened. You know, you don't want to, it's like you don't want to, we don't want to take the, a lot of us don't want to take the blame for ourselves until we come face to face, look in the mirror and say, you know what? No, I'm sorry, God. Forgive me. That was me. I was I was at fault, and I think that's that's with a, a lot of people. They don't want to take responsibility for their own actions until they have to really face themselves and realize, no, that was not God. That was something I did, or something someone else did, and or either you know they too afraid to blame another person. That's yeah. how I was even when I got molested. Like I never 
you know, I always felt like, you know, God, well, you know, he put me in a situation where I got molested, blah, blah, blah. No, that was because this crazy man felt as though a mm-hmm. 12-year-old was, you know, he needed to have sex with a 12-year-old. So I think, like I said, it's, it's, it's all about not taking the blame for your own actions. How has God being in your life changed your life? Oh, wow. So, I mean, with all the stuff I've been through, I should be so angry and bitter mm-hmm. and hateful. Um, but I just have so much love in me now. Um, I, it's, it's, I, it's hard. It's hard to describe. No, it's, it's like undescribable. Like, I just can't describe what he's really done. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about um, my relationship with him because I know how he's changed my life. I know, um, you know, me seeking and trying to find, you know, build a strong relationship. And that's not as strong as I even would, would like it to be. I know it's still, you know, I still have a lot to go. But I think if I did not have this type of relationship, like I would not be such a happy-go-lucky person. I was an angry person at one time until, like I said, I sat down one night and I cried and cried and cried, and I just felt like this peace overtake me. Like, I I have you. Don't worry about Mm -hmm. anything. Nobody said anything to me. Nobody was in the room. I just, it was like this presence I felt. And I'm not, I'm not, and if anybody knows me, Everybody who knows I'm not a super, super religious person. Like, oh, God came down and a lightning bolt and all this. I don't do that. I just know at that moment, um, I just know my life changed because, you know, I I accepted the fact that, you know, no matter what I do, there's somebody out there who loves me regardless. I don't have to be perfect. He just loves me. How do you deal within your ministry with the the number of growing different religious philosophies within the United States um, that don't have the same religious doctrines as we do? Um, it's, I think the way I deal with it, I still, it's a respect factor. Like, like my biological father family, the whole family is Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. However, you know, they don't, you know, they don't celebrate all the holidays like I do. So, you know, I, when Christmas time comes around, they're not, I don't expect them to come over my house because they're not. Right. They don't celebrate it. But it's still a respect. I think yeah. it's still a respect that we still love each other. We're still family. Um, you know, I don't down them and say, oh, no, you got to believe in my, you know, believe mm-hmm. in this. And we don't do that. Um, I just think now it's, it's, I think really just, it's just respect. I think if you respect each other and what you believe in, it's not, and not, you know, harping, well, you're this. This is wrong, and you're right. Because how we are, how we know that we're right, how we know that what we're we're believing is right. I mean, we know in our hearts, and they they know in their hearts what they believe is right. So I just think it's a matter of respect, like you know, coming together. I can still come with you. We can have a normal conversation. You know, may, sometimes it does come into a little debate, but in the, the day, you know, we all have the same purpose. We want something that we can look up to, have a have some type of hope in, yeah. because we're still human. So it's something spiritual out there that we all are looking for. And, and don't forget, the the good book says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And in my interpretation exactly. of them, that is respect. Mm-hmm. Yep. All boils down to respect. Like I said, I, I experienced that, like I said, my whole family, like they're all Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then I'm, you know, like Chris, I would love for them to come over on Christmas, but hey, I don't even call them because I know I don't, you know, I, I don't, would never disrespect them like that and say, hey, Merry Christmas yeah. just to be funny. Because, um, you know, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't want them calling me sure. and saying, hey, don't celebrate Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. um, like you said, respect, respect is key. What does your family think about your book? My family, um, some of them are kind of a little, little leery mm. because I am putting a lot of things out there, even though I did change names and yeah. things. Um, however, um, they're actually proud of me um, because a lot of times people don't realize the things that happen in their household. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. And back in the day, we was always told, "What goes in your home stays in your home." Yeah. But a lot of times, the stuff that stayed in the home is what affected us, and reason why a lot of people are acting the way they do because things that happened in their home. Um, so you know, I did, that's like I said. I wanted, I you know, I wanted to protect my family, yeah. but at the same time, um, I had to do it because I felt as though you know somebody can learn from this. There's a little girl or you know a guy out there that needs to read a story and say, "Oh my gosh, I can relate to this." Yeah. You know, I can get through this. Um, so yeah, they 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 actually support. Matter of fact, my mother, she's been a huge support. She was the main person I was worried about um, because she you know she she knows a lot. She really don't know 
everything I've been through and everything I've done. So I was kind of worried about what she would think of me. Um, and then, I, you know, with the molestation and stuff, she knew she, you know, I didn't want her feeling guilty that she didn't know what was going on in the house and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, she was probably the main person. But once she gave me the okay, I was fine. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, yeah, let's. She's, you know, she can't call me and say, you know, I'm really leery, but she mm-hmm. said, this is what you have to do. I support you wholeheartedly. She came over. She even gave me some, gave wow. me some money to get some things done for the book. So. Um, hey, Shanae, yeah, I hate that, to do this, my dear. You and I have to say so long cool. for tonight. I want to thank you okay, so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. Continued success. You know, you've got thank a lot you. going for you. My best wishes with you, and we'll have to have you back on because I'd love to know how people react to your book. I'll bet you it's just thank great. You. Thank you. Take care, Shanae. ShaneeEdwards.com is her website. The name of her book is Miniseries of Me. We'll be back. Don't go away. Don't go away.